I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Let's go back to the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline and get to John Fanner. What's going on, John? What's going on, G. Bush? Happy Sunday to you. Thanks for having me. Happy su- Happy Sunday to you. Uh, you know, th- this is the time of the year. Uh, so tell me how you how you getting ready to, to prep, right? This is the time of the year. You still got some baseball going on. Uh, obviously, football season has not started yet. What are, how do you get ready uh, for your uh, uh, season in, in terms of what you're going to be watching, what you're going to be doing, and prepping for this upcoming season? Well, for me, I, I cover a lot of college sports uh, for Fox Sports. So, and uh, from the west side of Cleveland, but now call New Jersey home. So for me, this time of year is all about conversations. It's all about catching up with coaches. It's all about getting anecdotes, stories on players. Uh, I, I think whether you're in the football world, whether you're in the basketball world, where it might still be early, but it's never too early. Uh, in my world, man, it's all about having conversation and asking the questions, who got better for you this summer? Who's getting better for you? Who's somebody that's flying under the radar? You know, when I, when I get ready to call games here this fall and this winter, I want to be able to, to talk about what was going on when nobody was watching these kids because that's the time when a lot of them develop. So uh, that's, that's my main thing during the summer, and, and I'm working on different pieces for, uh, for FoxSports.com along the way, off-season pieces, but – now, man, in college sports where the transfer portal rules, mm. there's so much you got to do. You, you walk into a gym or you walk onto a field and see a team practice, and G. Bush, I recognize maybe three or four faces. It, it's one of those things where there's so much retooling in these off seasons. I mean, in college basketball, we've had 1,500 transfers. In college football, you're going to have a, a ton of movement that you'll see here in about a month where – there's a lot of those same faces, new places. And so it's trying to sort all that out and seeing how different rosters have come together. That's become a totally different thing in my world that the summer has to be useful for because I can't be looking that stuff up once we get a couple weeks out from the season. This is the time to get it done. Here, you bring up a great point, which leads me into to my first big point. We've seen uh, UCLA, USC – move from the, uh, you know, the Pac-10, Pac-12 to, to the Big Ten. And so, basically, you have now uh, a situation where you got two of the West Coast teams, two of the big major markets in L.A., uh, and two of the most, you know, storied franchises in terms of football and, and basketball, too, 
that have moved to the Big Ten. How has this movement of the football schools affected the basketball schools? And what do you think, as you talk to coaches, what are they saying about these potential uh, earth-moving moves as far as realignment and moving to these super conferences and what it means for basketball rather than football? Well, first and foremost, I like that you call UCLA franchises. To the fan out there who who says, well, wait a minute, they're, they're college programs. Hey, they're franchises. These are organizations that, hey, well, look, I, I think you're bringing up some great points. And where we were talking about things was with USC and UCLA. Mm-hmm. Here's the deal. The, the first thought in mind from coaches when I talk with coaches is, is the obvious of, well, traveling across the country, having to go out west for a game. I'm, at the end of the day, that's one trip, if not two trips. Coaches understand there might be some new logistics to their schedule. There might be some differences to their schedule. But I think that the reality is, and I think the majority of coaches have accepted the fact that this was the inevitable in college sports. And that if you're a Big Ten coach right now, you can sleep at night. You can go to bed at night knowing that you are in one of the two football conferences that matter. Because at the end of the day, right now in college sports, if you are in the Big Ten and the SEC, you're sleeping okay at night. If you're not, you are restless because right now you do not have an identity and you do not know what your future is going to be if your league is even going to exist. We don't know what's going to happen to the Pac-12 and the Big 12. We really don't know what's going to happen to the ACC, which I think G. Bush is in trouble. I I think that the Atlantic Coast Conference is in a challenging time because they've got some schools that would love to go to the SEC or the Big 10. They would love to get into one of those conferences. And that's why I think the next domino to fall in this realignment thing is Clemson. Clemson's been the premier college football program, one of the two or three in the past five, six years. Dabo Sweeney has to look at the writing on the wall and see the fellow heavyweights in the SEC and the Big Ten, and I think that Clemson could be an ex-domino because of where they are in football. So coaches are of the mindset of survival of the fittest. Survival of the fittest. Right now, the coaches at Washington and Oregon, the coaches uh, that are in the Big 12 that might have some solid programs, it doesn't matter if their school's not in the SEC or the Big Ten because those are the only two leagues in football that we know for sure are going to have a place at the big boy table. So that is the current mindset of coaches. And the other mindset is, look, either you're going to change with the times. You're going to embrace NIL. You're going to embrace the transfer portal. You're going to embrace everything that's happening. Or you're going to do what we've seen some coaches do, and that is say, I don't know if I can adapt. I don't know if I can do all this the way that I've been doing it before, and so I am going to retire. Mm. I, we we kind of – you know, I, I think I've asked you that question before because, you know, we see – you know, when, when Jay Wright leaves and he retires mm-hmm. and, and you, you, you get Coach K – 
Uh, I don't know how long J- Coach Beheim's going to stick around. Uh, Roy right. Williams has left. That old guard, all of those Big East legends, legends of the guys that came and really put the put basketball on the map in this country, those names, uh, Coach Bobby Dyke, those names are moving on. Those names are no longer there. Even the Dick Vitales have been of the world. The announcers of the world have kind of Bill Rafteries. Those guys – you know, how many more years do they have left in the game? And is it is it a game that they can identify with or wrap their arms around and embrace? What do you – when you look at basketball in general, um, I think the, the NCAA serves a larger role in college basketball because of the NCAA tournament. And it's such a, a big draw. They've done it for so long. Even if you did have these teams that wanted to move outside of the NCAA, I think it would be a bit more difficult for them to move out of the NCAA oversight in basketball rather than football because they have so much experience in running the tournament. Could they eventually one day, even if they they moved away from the NCAA, do you think they'd have the infrastructure or the administration uh, skills and ability and the resources to pull off a tournament on their own between the schools? Well, I'm going to go on a rant here before I I answer your question, if that's okay. This is the one thing I will stand up and say I cannot handle. I cannot handle March Madness getting messed with. I cannot handle. Do not. Do not mess with the NCAA tournament. Do not mess with the best weeks in sports. There is not a story like St. Peter's this past March, a little school in New Jersey that has an endowment that has the funding of some high schools in the state of Ohio, that they can make the Elite Eight in a national collegiate basketball tournament. We live in a world where the underdog story doesn't thrive as much as a result of spending at the professional level, as a result of just where we are in pro sports, even in college sports, G. Bush, there's not an underdog story. Cincinnati can make the college football playoff, but then they get run off the field once they face the Alabama of the world or once they face the Clemson of the world or whoever that might be. My point is this. The NCAA tournament should not be messed with. Now, to your question that you asked of the structure and of if these schools broke off from the NCAA. It is the million-dollar question. Would they form their own tournament? There's no way it would carry the same luster that we see from the NCAA tournament if you're not including the little guy because America loves the little guy and the profession and the, the market ratings on television showed it. They showed it this past March. It's kind of like a PGA versus live golf type of situation where who do you include do you allow these schools if they break off to then participate in the ncaa tournament and that's why in my mind as i speak with you on this sunday afternoon i sit here and say this let football be football the ncaa should end the control over college football they already have lost control of the sport they should acknowledge the fact that college football schools are doing their own thing as are college football conferences. But the way that football is being governed is not the way that basketball and not the way that soccer and baseball and softball and field hockey and track and field are being governed. So let football do its own thing. It's on a different level. Football is king in the pro sports world. It's king in the college sports world. But there's not a whole lot 
that is translatable in terms of governing college football and governing the dozens and dozens of other NCAA-eligible sports. And so that's why my plea to anybody that's in a governing body in the college athletics world is to figure out a way to let football be in its own universe and figure out a way to then preserve the other college athletics on those respective campuses so that you don't have a total house of cards come crumbling down. Talking to John Fan on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline, uh, of course with Fox Sports, he does college basketball as well. Uh, you know, I, I think you bring up a brilliant point about the fact that you dif- differentiate between football and differentiate between uh, basketball. Uh, I, I think that, that that baseball has done that to a larger extent from day one, uh, and they've kind of you know parsed themselves off and they do their own format and how they do, and the product is still good. I think basketball uh, is is a is a format in which. The NCAA does do some things correct, right? I, I love to I love to watch their conference tournaments. I love to watch the invitations, the Maui's, the uh, the NIT. I, I think they do a good job of of having all the because there's so many basketball programs. There's so many basketball programs compared to the hundred and I think hundred and eighteen or twenty or something uh, give with the football programs, right? And even with the football programs, out of those one twenty. How many of them are really truly able to win a national championship? Mm-hmm. And, and 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 that's that's just something that we got to really discuss because guess what it, it it doesn't seem like uh you know even if you got Mac or or Sun Belt or the defunct uh, conference USA which is the American Conference American <laughs> Football Conference now those those teams every once in a while get somebody to come up and you know Cincinnati great story. But do they really consistently have an opportunity to win? In basketball, you could take a look at teams like Gonzaga, the mid-majors, uh, Gonzaga, uh, uh, Butler, teams like that yeah. who, who if you get a coach, put them there for a while, you can develop some kids and have seniors there, and now you have the transfer portal, you have the graduate transfers, which I think NCAA basketball did it the best. Back in the day, there was no such thing as graduate transfers in football. And then we just would see people graduate for, like, Davidson and be like, okay, well, I'm going to Duke now. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, wow, how does that – if you're that – if you were that good, like, if you weren't good enough to go to Duke, like, when you were out of high school, how are you able to go to Duke after you're fit? But that just goes to show you. People develop – development is almost like – it's almost getting JUCOs at this point. Yes, your points are so well taken. And, and I also think this. So, particularly in the sport of basketball, we are seeing Armando Baycott, who people may remember of from North Carolina this past year. They make it all the way to the national championship game. Oscar Shibway, National Player of the Year, Garrett, from Kentucky. The first National Player of the Year to elect to come back to college for another season since Tyler Hansborough in 2008 at North Carolina. We're seeing Trace Jackson Davis at Indiana. An Ohio State fan knows that name. He comes back to him this past week. He told me he will make the same, if not more, money by playing another year in college than he would have been by going pro. The point is this. The money is king, whether it be in conference realignment or whether it be in players' decisions. And at the college level now, that kid at Davidson can get a phone call and, and 
people could say, well, tampering, tampering, tampering. Phone call's going to come in. He get a phone call, and he can get told by some booster, I will give you X amount of dollars. You come play for my team. You come play for Duke. You come play for Kentucky. You come play here. You will be a big-time player. Your brand will go up because you're going to be on national TV even more. And I to an endorsement deal with this company that I sponsor, and there's nothing the NCAA can do about it. So we are in a fascinating time in college sports. And I, I think your callers, because I, I know you have deep dive conversations on athletics today and the state of, of youth sports, the state of pro sports, where we are at now, like how early is the recruiting going to begin and how early are we going to see that next generational talent get made a promise by someone who says, I can give you X amount of dollars. Oh, wait, it's a bidding war. This guy says he can give this kid even more money if he goes to his favorite school or the school he's an alum at. But this is a, it's a dog-eat-dog world. I mean, it's survival of the fittest. It's a, it's a world that we always thought was going to eventually happen, but here it is. We're only a year into NIL and the name, image, and likeness, and I'm already seeing it make a big impact. Buckle up, because I don't think that this is close to over. And now, if you're a kid playing high-level college football, you're thinking to yourself, I want to go to the SEC or I want to go to the Big Ten. I want to play at Ohio State. I want to play at Alabama. Not only are you thinking about where you're going to go, but you're thinking about where your bank account is going to benefit the most. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. And that's where we're going to leave it. I'd always know when it get on, leave on a good note. And that was a great quote right there. John, thank you so much for coming on with me. And I appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me, G. Bush. Have a great rest of your Sunday. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.